0: Havala Cunnington. Welcome to the Havala Cunnington podcast. (laughs) I have such a long name. I really would love to call this just the Havala podcast. I'd love to go in my own world and trademark my name only for the purpose of never having to get people to spell my full name again. (laughs) If anybody knows how to trademark things, let me know, hook like, reach out to me, DM me, Not if you want to learn a trademark, but you actually have uh, like a history or know how to do it. I would love to figure that out. So that way I could just name things Havilah without having to do Havilah Cunnington. I love you, husband. I love you, honey. This is not personal. It's just I already have to spell my first name a thousand times. And I would love to not be Havilah Cunningham (laughs) in my everyday life. Okay. Anyway. Today I want to talk with to you or with you for a few minutes about mm, something that happened this week that I was like, oh, my podcast fam is gonna need to know about this because this is something that we don't talk often about, but it's really helpful to learn and know about. When I was uh, growing up, my parents were Bible-believing, faith-filled people, and it's one of the greatest gifts I was ever given was a really good set of parents. They weren't perfect. Um, They didn't have it all together, but man, they love God. And they were very much aware of their own salvation, redemption, deliverance, all that stuff, and lived a out loud, faith-filled life. And I'll tell you what, you want to reach your kids for God, then you better live it out. Don't just preach it. Nobody wants to hear a message without actually seeing you live it out in your everyday life. And that's something I think about A lot in how I parent my own kids is just, I've got to be aware of how I'm living, not just what I'm saying, because all of us know we are the best lecturers. You know, we can preach anything, but the truth is, if we were to say, you're not allowed to say a word, but you have to preach to your kids by your life, that might be a little scary. And that's something to challenge us all on, myself included. I'm not above that by any means. So this week, I am planning on going to an event. And it's my first event of 2020. I'm excited about this event because they're friends, they're family. Um, My parents grew up with the leaders of this church. And it's one of those churches that I've heard about for years and years. Even in high school, I would hear about this youth conference and all of the like really amazing, strong, anointed voices were speaking at this event. And I would just think, wow, that's such an amazing amazing place. And then to be invited there to speak multiple years in a row is such an honor. And this last year, we had a profound meeting at this conference, something you cannot genetically engineer at all. At the end of the conference or end of the meeting, I felt a call to call young people to respond. And there are thousands of young people in this room, but I just felt this deep desire to call them to respond to God and to get rid of the things that were holding them back. And I just spontaneously said, I just want you to bring whatever's holding you back to the stage and throw it on the stage. Like, you're done. You're over it. You want to rid yourself of the addiction or the dependency or the part of you it's holding on to you and you just need to get rid of it and you want to do a spiritual act of just throwing it on the stage. And I didn't know what they would do. I... some of you are very methodical in how you do life, and gosh, I wish I was like you, because you think about these things, but the others of us that are just the gas in the car, we tend to just get out there and then realize, oh, I should have a plan, and that's kind of what was happening, but very spirit-led, and um, all of a sudden, kids just begin to come and throw their phones on the stage, and their cigarettes, and marijuana, and nude pictures that they had taken or Polaroids that they had in their wallets or whatever it was, I, you know, sweatshirts from ex-boyfriends or girlfriends that they were wearing. And they just chucked it on the stage. And there was hundreds of them just in this line, just throwing things at the stage. And it was so profound. When I think about it today, I, I get emotional because it is nothing you can engineer. It's sovereign. And it's what God was doing. And I loved it. And I can't wait to go back. I don't know if that will <laughs> duplicate itself. I would love to see that. But ultimately, I'm not in charge of that kind of success. That's that's in God's court. But I was excited because it's my first trip, 2020. And you guys know, I'm, I'm a mom first. Like, I have been a minister longer than I've been a mom. But when I became a mom, I was like, this is my real calling. Like, it stinks. Motherhood is so hard. I don't know. If you're doing mom motherhood right, then you are wondering if you're doing it wrong. (laughs) It's like, I always say, if you're doing marriage right, then you'll want to give up your marriage at one point and just start over and be a nun somewhere in a monk, a monastery somewhere because, or nunry, that's probably the better place. But, you know, just actually a monastery wouldn't be bad. Well, no, that's not true because the guys aren't available. But anyway, all you know what I'm trying to say and I uh so as a parent you're you're trying to navigate it and I love being a mom. I mean I love being a mom when I first gave birth to my first son Judah when he came out in a c-section form and I held that little baby in my room, I remember looking at my husband across the room and saying babe this feels so eternal like this baby has done nothing and yet, it feels like the most eternal thing I've done on the earth is to bring another human being onto the face of the earth. That that feeling definitely fades after you have to feed and bathe and wash and diaper and all those things. You know, that feeling is not the number one feeling that you have. There's a lot of other feelings that aren't as godly, but it's there and I just love being a mom and I, one of my core values is that I don't want other people raising my kids. I'm my kid's mom and I want to be their mom. And so some of the values that Ben and I have in our house is that we are parents and nobody raises our kids but us. And so that is, that has required an enormous amount of sacrifice. To be my kid's mom has been the most sacrificial thing that I have done on the face of the earth. And part of that, is that when you are actually have you actually have a, a, an an income and an employment and projects and other things that are on the side that you are working on in order to resource your family and resource where you believe God is taking you 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 have to work double as hard because it's one thing to check out a parenting and work really hard on your projects and let me tell you that is way more rewarding to write a book or to preach a message, or to sign books, or to fly on an airplane to some exotic place, and then to come home and do dishes, and do laundry, and work on homework, and all those things, I would much rather pick the first. But I know that that is going to fade. That does not have the eternal value as me being a mom and being with my kiddos. And so we we make enormous sacrifices. One of those sacrifices that we make is that often we have to pay for our kids to come with us. So instead of just being able to take the resources of what we're given and buy a new car or you know, purchase this or purchase that or have more savings or boost our retirement or whatever, we just know that the sacrifice is that our kids are with us and we are funding that experience for them because we want our kids to be with us in the ministry. We are a ministry family That means our family is in ministry together. And so we really focus on that and sacrifice. Another way that we really work on raising our own kids is that we are very vigilant about who has our kids, like to the extreme part. And I want you to know that is not my natural tendency. I'm not a fearful person. I got a lot of other issues. Fear is not one of them. And so I in order to actually maintain who's going to have my kids and where they're going to be has required an enormous amount of awareness and one of the ways that we've stewarded that is that there are there's a short list of those that have ever spent the night with our kids and it's my husband which is their dad not a babysitter my mom my sister and we've had one i think one or two times we've had our various PAs, watch them. I think I could count on one hand our kids that have been with somebody that's not their family overnight. Now, I understand that's a luxury. Not everybody has that luxury, but I just mean to have an awareness of who has our children and that those vulnerable seasons of their life are critical. And You know, when they draw a picture, are they running up to some worker and saying, look at my cute picture? And they're going, yeah, yeah, let's keep going. Or is it a mom that embraces them and says, that is the most beautiful picture I've ever seen? You know, those are moments that we want with our kiddos and we have to fight for those because the world doesn't really value us being with our kids that much. And they are like, check, 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 put them in daycare and you're good to go. Now our kids have been in preschool and have had times of childcare and I'm not against all of that, I'm just saying that we are so much aware of where our kids are. And if it's an hour, we're going to stay an hour late, then I'm realizing that. I don't like that. I fight to get home to be with them. And more often, I'm going to say no to something so I can be with them rather than say yes and think, oh, my kids will be fine. So that's required an enormous amount of sacrifice. And then as well, um, just, just being aware that I want my kids to be with me outside of our whole family going with us. So the third way that I've really sacrificed is bringing my kids with me one at a time on a trip. And I want you to know, if you look at my pictures online, it can look (laughs) so sexy. Oh, you've got these kids with you and you're the perfect mom and you're reading them at night and they're preaching with you and they're No, 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 no. I want you to smack your face right now because that is not what is happening. (laughs) That is not what's happening. It is a complete sacrifice. It is, please go get your bag. Please buckle your seat. Mommy needs just a minute I mean, mommy really needs a minute. Please, hold on, just a minute. No, don't, okay, please grab your stuff. We've gotta go. No, you cannot stay in the room during the session and watch cartoons and live your best life. You're here to be with mommy and this is what we're doing. So it's a lot of navigating them, but it's worth it because I want them to know that they get special time with me and if they wanna go, they can. And so this weekend, I had plans for Hudson to go with me. It's his turn, we kind of rotate the boys and so it was his turn. I was ready to go. I bought the ticket. And then yesterday we're having a conversation. And I say, okay, Hudson, you know, we're leaving. Uh, we're leaving this weekend to go to Portland. And he's like, but mom, I have a birthday party on Friday night with like my new best friend. And I said, Hudson, I never got the invitation. I, you knew we were going to this. Yeah, but mom, I never, I never saw it. I really want to go to this birthday party. And I could feel inside of me like, excuse me, don't you want to be with your mom? Like, I'm the love of your life. This is like, we could be together and we could hold hands on the plane and we can snuggle in bed and like all these things that I want to do with my son. I, probably not him because he's like 11, but my littles are more like that. But anyway, still spending quality time with this son. And he's like, mom, I really want to go to this, this, this party. And I realized at that point, I have a decision to make. Am I going to just make him do what I want him to do because I think this is what is the right thing to do? Or am I going to actually pull back and say, okay, have this is about Hudson. And what does Hudson need? Hudson needs friendship. He needs connection. He needs normalcy. He needs confidence. And all of that happens through friendship and connection and relationship. And so... This is going to be a sacrifice, again, to not require him to be with you, but to say, you know what? You're powerful. And if that's the decision you want to make, then I support that. And we will ask this question before we purchase the flight next time. (laughs) How about that? (laughs) So Ben and I got together today in the kitchen and we're talking about it. And we just both knew, yep, Hudson needs to stay home. This is important. It's a two-hour birthday Nerf party for a three-day trip, three, three trip to Portland, but this is most important. And what I, what I want to encourage you with, and it, I want you to understand, I'm learning this too, is that we have to be flexible when we're raising our children to know how to lead them without being so stuck on the absolutes that we don't understand their own needs and what they need from us. And this is the journey I'm on right now, which is, am I gonna worship the idealistic picture that I have in my head? Or am I actually gonna be flexible to lead my kids in the way that God is leading me? And being spirit-led is being flexible. It's being willing to change mid-course, right? And I keep thinking about this scripture, Proverbs 16, 9, in the Amplified, it says, a man's mind plans his ways, as he journeys through life, but the Lord directs his steps and establishes them. We're going to have a lot of plans in our life. We're going to believe our kids should go to this school, have these friends, have this opportunity. This is the right thing for them. And then the Lord is going to direct our steps in another way. And this is where I see people and parents mess it up. They get so obsessed and absorbed with their plans that when God begins to direct in another way, they have no ability to change direction midstream. I have done it. I have made my kids do things, go to things, be a part of things that later on the Holy Spirit was like, was that worth it? <laughs> like, what do you mean was it worth it? He's like, well, I wasn't in that. I wasn't really encouraging to do that. That was you, you took the lead and was it worth it? I'm like, "Mm, no, it really wasn't worth it. And I don't know why why I made that happen. And then I realized, oh, because I had planned my ways and I wasn't being directed, I wasn't being led. So today, I just wanna challenge you, whatever you're doing, whether you have toddlers, whether you have teenagers, whether you don't have any kids, but you got a husband or a team around you that you're like, oh, I'm trying to lead and I know we're supposed to do it this way. Are you being led? Are you just planning your steps? Because if you're being led, then you say, all of my plans are in pencil. But God, if you want to direct them another way, I'm there for it. So today, as I get on the airplane by myself, and I get all the way to Portland, and I do all the things, I just want you to know I am not going to feel bad, and I'm not going to feel like my kid doesn't love me and doesn't want me. I'm going to smile because I'm going to know. That my kid was powerful enough to tell me that he didn't want to go. My kid was strong enough to say what he really wanted to do. And he stuck with it even when I challenged him. And that tells me I'm raising a really strong son. And that's the kind of man I want to raise. So I hope this encourages you. We're not always going to get it right, but let's try to strive for what we can do, even if we can't do everything. I love you guys. Hey, if this spoke to you, or this minister to you, will you do me a huge favor? Will you leave me a comment or review in this podcast? I read every single one of them and it matters to me. It's kind of the only way that I really know if it ministered to you. So make sure and leave me that review. I'll go through them, I read them, I cry through them, I admit it, (laughs) but most importantly, it just tells me that you're there and that this is speaking to you. Otherwise, have a great week and I'll catch you next time.